Um, good morning, everyone. We love Christmas. Christmas is in 10 days. You ready? Christmas was fun when the, the kids were home. I mean, it's fun now. We're going down and we'll see the kids and the grandkids. Grandkids are fantastic. Um, but we just remember the time when the kids were home and busy. How many remember uh, the wish book, the catalogs that used to come? We're aging ourselves when we do that. For you younger ones, it's like flyers on steroids, okay? It's just a whole big thing. I'm... Now, the funny thing is with our kids in the, in the wish book, especially when it came, is if we wanted to go through it, we had to get it before the kids saw it. Because once the kids saw it, they all just took turns and went through it. And they would circle things. They would turn down pages. Now there was a code, because just because they circled something didn't really mean that they wanted it, but if it was circled and then there was big stars by it, and the page was turned down, those were things that we had to look for or things that they wanted. How many have ever, how many have ever really wanted something? Maybe you can remember as a kid, really wanting something. Or even as an adult, something that you really wanted. It consumed your thoughts. It, maybe it affected your choices, your actions. Today's message talks about the desire of all nations. We're going to be looking at the book of Haggai, and I'm going to invite you to stand as I read our text. We're going to be reading from the King James Version, Haggai chapter 2, starting to read at verse 6 to 9. Oh, I have to do that, don't I? Pastor, is this turned on? There we go. There we go. Oh, there we go. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this time of year that reminds us, God, of your great love. God, we thank you for your presence here with us today, that you have already revealed and shown yourself to be here. So God, speak to us. In this word, in this time, we give to you, and I pray that, God, you'd speak to our hearts and accomplish your will. In Jesus' name, amen? amen. You may be seated. The phrase that we're looking at, or the verse, is verse 7, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. This phrase, the desire of all nations, is actually in the uh, Christmas carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. The fourth verse of Hark the Herald Angels Sing says this, Come desire of nations, come, fix in us thy humble home. Rise the woman's conquering seed, bruise in us the serpent's head. Adam's likeness now efface, shine thine image in its place. Second Adam from above, Reinstate us in thy love. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. When we look at the idea of desire, the definition of desire, 
There we go. Desire means to long or hope for, to express a wish for, a strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. Now, the word desire can stir up a lot of thoughts and feelings within us, but desires can be both good and not so good. Paul says in Galatians chapter 5 that desires can be the desires of the flesh or the desires of the spirit. Now, our text today uh, in Haggai, there is some different views on its interpretation and idea of the word desire. The book of Haggai was written during the reconstruction of Jerusalem and the second temple after the captivity of Jerusalem when they were returning back to their land. But the question really is today, is this verse referring to Christ as the desire of all nations? The American Standard Version of the Bible uh, takes the Hebrew word desire and and, uh, says that it's precious things. The Revised Standard takes desire and says that it's treasure. The early commentators basically believed that it was referring to Christ as the desire of all nations. But later scholars began to look at it and think that it referred to something different. Temple enhancements, decorations, later enlargements, like Herod's temple would be, rich gifts. Again, verse 8 talks about the silver and gold. Um, brought to the temple. So looking at the Hebrew is really important to help us understand what this means. And this is where the issue is with plural and singular use of Hebrew words. And I'm not going to go on with this, but that's where some people say that it it can't refer to Christ, that it's plural. One commentator said this, actually the word desire is used of persons in the Old Testament, both in its singular and plural forms. Saul was described as the desire of Israel in 1 Samuel, and Daniel was called the great beloved, here a plural, in Daniel chapter 9 and Daniel 10. Dr. Robert Adden uh, notes that such irregularities are common in the Old Testament Hebrew. We also look at grammar, we also look at sentence structure. But verse 9 says this, The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, says the Lord of hosts. The word here used for glory is a hint at a messianic fulfillment, referring to Christ. It certainly is clear that the second temple and the third temple would not compare to the first temple, Solomon's temple, in its richness and its decoration and size. And so it can't be referring to that glory of a building. It also seems to when it implies about the peace that will come, that there's something here beyond just a building or a structure. Christ himself, we know, is referred to as the Prince of Peace. One writer said this, the marvel of it, the wonder of it, how amazing is the goodness of God the desire of all nations, the merciful mediator, reconciler, and redeemer came. Are you the one, or should we look for another? Asked the mighty prophet John. But no, none other can ever be like him. He of all celebrities is most to be desired. The choicest, loveliest, fairest, chiefest, and altogether lovely and lovable both in his kingship as king of kings and his lordship as lord of lords. As the one mediator between God and man, Christ 
is of all most desirable, without rival in his regal beauty, without equal in his royal majesty, without parallel in his faithful constancy, without finality in his eternal existence. Jesus is the Christ. He is the promised one and the desire of all nations. For the purpose of our study today, our message today, we are going to look at this verse and as it refers to Christ as the desire of all nations. I want to take three points really quickly and look, coming from the book of Revelation, looking at Jesus was, is, and is to come. Our first, looking at Jesus was the desire of all nations. Many of the Old Testament prophecies refer to the coming of Christ, pointing ahead to the Savior, the Redeemer, the one who would restore us, all mankind, to what we had been created to be. To bring us, again, all of us, back into fellowship with God. Emmanuel, God with us. From the very beginning, from the fall of man, Christ was foretold. Jesus speaking, to, or God speaking to the serpent in Genesis 3 says that he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That the Messiah, the promised one, would come and it would be for all people was spoken to Abraham in Genesis 22 where all nations on the earth would be blessed through him. Ever since Adam's sin, ever since mankind's eyes were open to their own nakedness, weakness, and loss, we lost our place with God removed from the garden and have been longing to get back, searching for something. Matthew, Matthew says this, Jesus speaking here, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Can you feel the idea of desire stirring up within there? The longing, the searching, the finding of that one of great value? What was the man willing to do in order to get what he found and desired above all else? He was willing to, to sell all he had to get that one thing, to make it his. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls, who on finding one of great value, went and sold all he had and bought it. What desires, what he desired and what he found was worth more than everything. The kingdom of heaven referring to our God, referring to salvation, our relationship with him, us becoming part of him. The man was searching for something, and he found something above everything else that he desired, that he wanted. And he was willing to give up everything to possess it. Within the heart, the very spirit soul of every man and woman is a need for God. We were created by God for a relationship with God. Sin separates us from God, who is holy and pure. And we have all sinned. We've all done, we've all thought, we've all felt something that we know goes against the holiness of Almighty God. There is something 
in everyone. Whether people know it or not, something that's missing, something that only God, that only God can fill. Something that people are searching for, desiring, wanting, longing for. Before Christ came, before that first Christmas, people looked ahead. They looked in faith, trusting and believing in what would come. Hebrews says this, Hebrews 11. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desired a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. They looked ahead to the promise that was made. They looked ahead with desire. And we have that promise. The desire of all nations has come. Jesus is the desire of all nations. His coming fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies. The angels speaking to Mary, to Joseph, and to the shepherds speak of his coming that he had come. In Luke 2, we read this. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those in whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. The visit of the wise men in Matthew chapter 2, we read this. And after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the city of David, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Later on it says, after listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. 
When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then to open their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Can you sense the desire? Can you sense the searching, the long journey, the, the, the longing to find the one and to worship? And they weren't afraid to tell others of what they desired, of what they wanted to find, of what they found. Both the shepherd and the wise men both were not afraid to tell others what they knew. In Luke chapter 2, Jesus brought to the temple by his parents, and Simon says these words, for my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou, which thou has uh, uh, prepared before the face of all the people, and a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. The coming of Jesus Christ was for all nations, for all people. But do, do nations desire him? Do people long for Christ? Do they know what and who they long for, what they need? Paul says in Romans chapter 10, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching. So, what are we to tell them? What are we to show them about Christ? Well, what did Jesus say? What did he say about himself? Jesus said many things, and we read in Luke chapter 4, the scroll in the synagogue of Isaiah was given to him, and he opened this passage and he read this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolls up the scroll and he sits back down and everyone was looking at him. And then he said, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus said other things to the hungry, to those spiritually longing, he says, I am the bread of life. To those who feel lost wandering through life, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. To those who can't find their way, he says, I am the light of the world. To those seeking truth, understanding, he says, you will know truth. And he goes on and says, and the truth will set you free. To those who find life empty, he says that they may have life and have it more abundantly. To those who feel alone, he says, I am the good shepherd. And he goes on and says, no one can snatch them out of my hand. To those worn out and weary, burdened, he says, I will give you rest. Jesus is the desire of all nations for all who will believe in him and receive him. Those words in John chapter 1 we read, and the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. 
He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. But not everyone believed. Not everyone would humbly receive him. Christ came to help, to heal, to restore those broken and hurting from sin and because of sin. We live in a broken world. God's creation is broken because of sin and the fall of man. With that brokenness comes hurt, pain, loneliness. Christ came to heal what was broken and damaged and marred because of sin. But we must first see our need of him. We must see our brokenness, our need of Jesus, the Christ. In Mark chapter 2, we read this. And as he reclined at the table in this house, referring to Jesus, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. We see so much in Christ here. We see in him offering kindness instead of judgment. We see him showing love instead of hate. To those that were broken, those that were in need, they may not have fully understand it, understood who he was and what he offered them, but he came for them. And he would on the cross pay the price for them. He would on the cross and through his suffering bring healing to the broken. The healing that he offers isn't just physical, but Jesus heals. Amen? The healing he offers is spiritual, something inside that maybe no one else sees but you and God. He came for those hurt, for those, for those broken because of the fallen of creation, the fall into sin and what it has caused. And Jesus is still being revealed to those in need through you, through us. This world, this city, and maybe even some here today are filled hurting, are feeling lonely, who feel broken. Maybe no one else sees it, but you feel it inside. There's people looking, they're desiring for something, for someone to help them. 
to fill that emptiness, to heal that hurt, to meet that need. They're looking for something because they can try things and it doesn't last. We were made by God for God. And there's a part of every man and woman and child that has that God part that's missing, that only God can fill. It's like trying to open a lock with all kinds of keys, but there's only one key that will fit that lock. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He came to open the lock of our brokenness, and of our hurt, of our loneliness, of our pain. That we might find release and comfort. That we might find that part that was missing. Jesus said to his followers, you are the light of the world. Paul said in Philippians 2 that among this world that we shine as stars. In the past, as a family, we've always loved Christmas. We love decorating. We are down to one and a half Christmas trees, okay? We used to have three. Don't judge us. Don't judge us. I always found, you know, as winter comes, the days get shorter, the nights are longer, cold. I found that the end of October, things just seem dark. But then after that, we get into November and Christmas decorations come out, the lights. The lights that can be so cheerful, the lights that can just look so nice. Will you shine as a light in this dark world? Will you shine with the love of Christ in your life? Will you shine with the hope of all nations in your heart? Will you shine for others to see Christ and what he has done in you and what he wants to bring to them? To all who hear of him, to all who believe in him, to all who receive him, he breathes into us life, hope, and a future. My last point is Jesus will be the desire of all nations. Jesus was, Jesus is, and Jesus will be. We look in Revelation chapter 7 and we read this. And after this I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number. From every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might to our God forever and ever. Amen. There will be a multitude one day that no one can count, made up of every nation and every tribe and every language group. All people have the opportunity to receive. He came for all 
the world. And to all who will believe, and to all who receive, will be made up in a multitude that one day, one day, one day we shall see him. One day we will know him. One day we will be part of that great multitude. One day we will stand together giving praise to the desire of all nations. Desire. To long. To hope for. To express a wish for. A strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. Paul says in Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, and henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also who have, to all who have longed or loved his appearing. The NIV talks about longing for his appearing. The Living Bible says, who eagerly look forward to his coming back again. Do we? Do we long for Christ? For his return, yes, but also for him. To know him. To know him more. Pastor uh, often says in the office, he adds up our ages and how long we've been in ministry and between three of us, we're well over a hundred years. I don't like that, but. <laughs> 35 years in ministry, I'm still learning more things about God. Depths of, of who he is. There's more of God to know and to experience and more of God that he wants you to know. Don't be satisfied where you are. Desire to know him. Desire that he would be a part of every area of your life. Desire that he would be the center of your life. To long that others would see him in you, through you, in us, through us as we live. In closing, Revelation again in chapter 22 says, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay to each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life, that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David the bright morning star. And the spirit and the bride say come. And let the one who hears say come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the waters of life without price. There's 
so much in life that distracts us, sometimes on purpose. This time of year, there's just so much going on and we can get distracted. And, but sometimes this time of year, people really feel like something's missing. Like something's not there. It would be wrong for me, after speaking a message like this, not to say to each and every one of you that Jesus Christ, His Spirit is here with us. The one who suffered and died because He loved you. His Spirit is here to fill our hearts, to fill that place that only He can fill. You can fill your life with things and activities. You can keep busy and you can keep distracted in this world. But there's only one who can fill that need if you feel it in you. There's only one who can heal that hurt, forgive that part that needs and cries out for forgiveness. Maybe no one else knows what you feel inside, but God does. And his spirit, his spirit calls to you. If you will take it, that in this message, his spirit is calling to you today to receive him, to invite him in, not to be a part of your busy life, but to be the center, to be the reason, to be the purpose. He came and gave it all up for us, for me. Can I offer him just a little bit? He deserves it all. Amen? Amen. He deserves it all. And he is gracious and he is long loving and he is long suffering. He will walk with us. I cannot promise that you'll never have troubles. But I can promise that you will never face anything alone ever again. Church, I know that many here, and maybe you've been serving the Lord for years, and you're facing hurts and needs. You're not alone. You're not alone. Draw near to Him. Draw near to Him. In this life, he said, we will have troubles. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And one day, as we go through this journey, one day we will be with a multitude that no one can number. We will be with a group made up of all nations and people, every tribe and language. And we too shall stand before the throne and we shall give praise to Almighty God and to the Lamb that was slain. And we shall know Him and be with Him forever. Amen? Amen. So I know you may have troubles. Take it to the Lord. Give it to Him. Surrender. Yield. If He's teaching you something, then, then learn. If He's molding you 
it might hurt, but trust him. Trust him. If you have needs, take it to the Lord in prayer. He is mighty to, mighty to deliver. The enemy comes against you. We have one who is greater in us than he was in the world. Amen? Amen? And if we still have to go through the journey, then look ahead. Look to what is ahead and be encouraged, for he has overcome the world. Now, as we leave this place today, and you see the lights, maybe even in your own house, may it remind you that the light of the world has come, and that he is shining in us, and he wants to shine through us. Would you do that over the holidays? Would you do that to co-workers, neighbors, friends, fellow students? Now be careful. Buckle up. Can you shine for your family too? The holidays are great, aren't they? The family gets together. And we have all that stuff that's family. May Christ just his joy and peace fill your heart. And shine, shine where you are. If you have never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can do it right now, right where you are. Now, it's something you can do privately. All you have to do is say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Be Lord of my life. And it happens. It's hard to understand, but that's how loving and great God is. That because of the Christ, because of the cross, and what Christ has done for us, he forgives us. He wipes away the past, and he makes us his child. Now, you can do that privately, but it's not meant to be kept private. It's not meant to be kept secret. It's something you need to tell other people about, and it's, you need to become part of a body, a group, a, a church, that will help you grow and learn, that will help you along the journey. If any of you are doing that today, even now, then tell someone. Tell one of the pastors if you live in town, call us this week, talk to us today. Let us know so that we can pray with you and for you and help you on the journey. You're not meant to do it alone. Amen? Amen. Amen.